Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Wildfire Worship and Ecclesia's Holy Spark, where the Holy Spirit provides encouragement and edification to get us closer to the Father and Savior. I, your host, Megan Pugh, will share a message, a word, a revelation, or a moment of reflection inspired by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. We believe that the Word of God is the truth and the light for all lives. We believe all gifts from the Lord should be used to help others. We are committed to carrying out the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth to make earth as it is in heaven. So welcome and join us for a moment of inspiration with a Holy Spark. Hey y'all and welcome to the Holy Spark. My name is Megan, and I am your host. I am so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. It is an honor to be able to share the word of the Lord with you and to be able to express the messages that he has given to me. I am the co-creator of Wildfire Worship and Ecclesia. Wildfire Worship and Ecclesia was created to give a home to those who need a little bit more out of their experience with God. If you are looking to find something deeper, with more meaning, with more thought, and you're just ready to take a next step towards the Lord, then Wildfire Worship and Ecclesia is for you. We have a website. It's slow going. I am a mother of a two-year-old, so we have been slowly building it. There is some information on there, a blog article. Uh, We will be putting music up. We will be putting up more video series, things like that to really develop the Ecclesia. Look forward to another episode about Ecclesia and what it means to be an Ecclesia for the Lord. And also look forward to more information and more content for you to help you dive deeper into your relationship with God. I thought it would be great to share things with you about myself to help develop a relationship as we grow through this podcast. First thing, this is my first time ever doing anything like this. I am extremely humbled by this process. The Lord has given me this calling, and I really have no idea what I'm doing. So please be patient with me as the Lord teaches me and I learn through experience. My life has been quite crazy and awesome and really leading to this moment and to amazing moments that will be happening soon. I am truly humbled and truly grateful. I was a theater teacher my whole life. I thought that was where I was going. I was going to be in the theater. I was going to be either an actor, an actress, a director, whatever you want to call me. But the Lord had better and bigger plans. When Lily was born, everything in my body told me I needed to stay home and raise her and educate her. So David and I chose to do so. We are truly blessed in so many ways, y'all. I did not know if it was going to be possible, and it has been possible. God is good all the time. So I am a stay-at-home mom. I educate Lilith. Lilith is two and a half, and we have already started preschool 
She is way smarter than David and I put together. So I know the Lord is going to help me. I have absolute faith that I will make it through this. And my beautiful, smart, intelligent daughter will just be teaching me, I guess, in the next couple of years. <laughs> Being a mom and an educator at the same time comes with a huge amount of weight. So I am truly grateful that the Lord has shown me how to lead a godly, holy life as an example for Lily. And I, y'all, I cannot express the amazing growth in our daughter when she lights up and, and just how much we see the Lord in our daughter is truly amazing. So we are truly grateful for that. I would love to build a relationship with you. So if you would like to reach out, please feel free to email me anytime you'd like. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to our website. And there's an email address as well. If you have any questions or you have any thoughts or anything that you would like to just vent about, anything that you need, please reach out to me. I would love to build a community with you and I would love to be able to meet my listeners so that we can continue to build the community God intended. So today's episode is called Be the Light. And I'd like to start off with asking you a few questions. How are you? How's it going? The world is a little crazy right now, right? <laughs> How is that weight on your shoulders. Do you have anybody you can talk to? You do. You have God. But sometimes we get inundated with our emotions and sometimes we need to be asked, how are you? Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you have given us. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the early hours where I can sit and record. Thank you for letting my words meld with yours and that we are able to reach out to all that listen, all that speak, and all that want to share your word, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Father. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the atonement we receive in your blood. Thank you for all the comfort and joy we receive when we accept you in our hearts through the grace of salvation and faith alone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us at all times, being the advocate, being the guide, being the teacher. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you fill us, that you fill all that are listening, fill our hearts, fill our minds. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and mouths that only speak your word, Lord. Please, Lord, give us the strength to accept the weaknesses that we have, to show and learn and know that through those weaknesses, you are strong and we depend on you and not on our own understanding. Lord, soften the hearts to all those who hear your word today, Father, and let us hear your message and hear what you have to teach us today, Father. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name we pray, 
Amen. Let us begin. I don't know about y'all, but I really feel like there's a whole world of craziness going on around us and there's a lot of stuff coming at us and we don't know what is right and wrong, what is honest and, and false, what is lies and truth. We're just living in a whole world of crazy, right? And I really believe through my study and my prayer and what the Lord has been showing me is that the Lord has flipped everything upside down purposefully. This is all purposeful. Remember, God does everything for good, right? So I really feel that this is all purposeful. Not that he intended it this way, not that it was him that flipped it upside down, but he's going to use it and it's purposeful. And I really believe that it's to reveal the truth about the world we are living in. It's like the veil is being slowly peeled off of our faces, right? And he is showing us the crazy that we live in right now, that we've been living in. Like he's saying to us, this is what happens when you play nice for too long. This is what happens when you mistake niceness for kindness. This is what happens when you let things get out of control and away from me. This is what is happening when you replace me with human thought or human ideas that have no biblical foundation. I'm seeing violence everywhere and it is really getting to my heart, my mind, my, my energy, my faith at times. And it's in the media, it's so visual. It's so highly visual. And being a teacher, I find myself extremely aware of what I am seeing and what others around me are seeing because of what they are saying, what they are doing, right? And I'm seeing it all over. I'm hearing it in my loved ones. And they are so desperate for the normal to come back. And I don't believe that the normal's ever coming back. And with that, I think they know that too. You know, I think they know that. And so the violence and the crazy is seeping in to their behaviors, whether it's prayer, conversation, I'm hearing judgment, condemnation, pride. I'm hearing all of these things. I'm seeing all of these things and it's worrying me. And y'all, let me be real honest with you. It is not only in them, it is truly in me as well. And it is very, very scary because I, as a new Christian, I really can't stomach violence. I really can't understand violence against children or using children in violence. I can't deal with ignorance-driven hatred. I am being super affected and it is like bleeding over into how I act with my loved ones and, and how I treat others and how I respond to this world that I'm living in. So, for example, the other day I was sitting with my family and we are watching um, a news commentary, which I know better. I don't even know why I was watching it. And there was this clip of violence and Lord help the men that were involved in that clip. And I just hope that he reaches out and grabs both of them and heals both of their hearts. It was just awful. And in the clip, there was a lot of commentary on 
what con- contributes to what is happening and what is contributing to to these acts of violence and to these mindsets and these thoughts, right? And I start popping off, meaning I start shouting. And I first I thought I was talking, but I was shouting and it began to affect my family. My daughter, Lily, she comes up to me and she starts saying, mommy, it's okay. She thinks I'm yelling at daddy and daddy's got this irritated face. And then I just stop, y'all. I just stop and I realize not only did I work myself into a frenzy, I emotionally affected Lilith and I also incited and ignited David's frustration and and irritation with the world that he's living in and working in, you know? And I don't like it. I don't like it. It really upset me. I I felt really bad about it and really guilty about it. And so I began to think and, and pray on this and try to figure out what is happening. And it's the same answer it is every other time. The enemy's mission, the enemy's reason is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what is happening right now. He is dividing, he is desensitizing, and he is destroying all that we hold true. He is creating this kneeling submission to his reimagined new, the new normative. And he is creating this separation among people using emotional, volatile reactions and responses. It's the ultimate goal. It's like creating chaos and tension so that we can come against God and the glory of God and the beautiful attributes that God is, has, and always will be. And if you really think about it, the enemy's not really creative, right? He's been doing this forever. Go back to Jeremiah, go back to Isaiah, go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. He created division between Adam and Eve and God immediately because that is his plan. That's his plot. That's what he does. That's his character existence, right? And so... With that, even more frustrated now because, again, I I fell into that recess. I fell into that habit of emotional reactive response, which I work so hard not to be like anymore. And I just, you know, I just fell to my knees and I was like, okay, Lord, what do we do? I need to know what we do. I can't just sit here and be quiet and, and just let things happen. So what do I do? So I prayed and I asked the Lord... How do I see the light in this darkness? How do I help others to see the light in the darkness? And God took me to 1 John. Just a quick side. Isn't it really cool how the Bible is so alive and is always so relevant? I mean, think about it. How many times have you read a piece of scripture that you've been memorizing or working on, and then you go away from it, and then something pops in your brain, aka the Holy Spirit, pops back in your brain and says, go back to that scripture. And you go back and you look at it, and it has completely different meaning from what it was. You're like looking at your notes in your Bible, and it's completely different from what it is, but it is so relevant to what you needed to hear, what you needed to be taught, what you needed to be corrected for that moment. And it is truly amazing. And me, as a new believer and as a a speaker, I just find it to be so 
awesome. And it makes me so excited. And I just wanted to share that with you just because I feel like the word doesn't get the recognition it really needs. It is so awesome when you feel something because of something the word has told you and it pops off the page and it just ignites this growth and this new holy wisdom for your next step in your life. It's so cool. So cool. I mean, really. (laughs) So I was taken to 1 John and I'm going to read it from the NLT version. 1 John chapter 2 verses 5 through 8. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. The Message Love is an act of mercy. It is a form of forgiveness that enables your prayers to be heard and to begin to release my children from the strongholds of the enemy. We should love one another to show the glory of God, to break the hearts of the enemy. Stephen blessed as they stoned, and Saul turned to see me. No sin is truly greater than another. That is why love is needed to encourage repentance. For it is my way to create a load without burden, and a trial necessary to call upon me and my strength in your weakness. Love is a gift. If I can love you, then why can't you love them? Ask for me and my help. I want to show you how, for it is I who wants, yearns to draw you near, for it is I who longs for my children. Love. Love one another and ask for others to love too. For through Jesus, love is a weapon forged against sin. Thank you, Father. I receive messages from the Holy Spirit through writing, through speaking, through feelings. No matter what, the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. You just have to be willing to listen and make the choice to obey. And that's a heavy choice, but honestly, it's a best choice. And it's truly rewarding when I have the Holy Spirit speak to me and answer. So what is the answer? How do we be the light in the darkness? How do we show others to be the light in the darkness? And the answer is unrequited benevolent love. Love, love, is the answer. In order to defeat the wicked, the chaos, the confusion, we need to be able to show and share unrequited benevolent love. You see, the enemy can understand violence. The enemy can understand reaction. The enemy can understand volatile, explosive actions, right? But what the enemy doesn't understand is love, especially the love of God. 
He has no clue, no understanding whatsoever, right? So it's our job, our calling to be able to share that love, to show that love through our actions and what we say and do to others, for others. Benevolent love is a love that is not going to be returned, nor is it going to be favored, especially by your enemies, right? They're going to probably look at you like you lost your mind or you got three heads, but it's not going to be something to expect to be returned to you immediately or ever. And it's a love that is merciful, gracious, ungrudging, and life-giving. It's a love that helps us claim the victory that we have been given by God. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to Corinthia, and he is re-educating and coming against some defamation that the enemy has placed upon him. There's new leadership in Corinthia's church, and they are challenging Paul because he doesn't speak with flourish. He doesn't speak elegantly. He doesn't have pyrotechnics and, and strobe lights and, and fancy schmancy stage presence, right? <laughs> Sound familiar? So he has found out about this. And so he's writing to Corinthia and he's telling them that, you know, you don't need fancy schmancy to be able to share the Lord's word. However, he's also telling them how to handle when things come against you. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 in the New King James Version, he writes, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what are the worldly weapons? These are weapons that are not of God. They're physical human strength, physically aggressive type weapons. They are uh, violence. They're like riots. They're um, segregation. They're things that we use against one another in the heat of the battle, right? These are things that we do that because of our emotions uh, reacting to what is happening to us. Yeah. So then what are the mighty weapons of God? The armor the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, boots of peace, but also prayer and love. These are all the weapons of God that we have been given to combat the strongholds, which are things that uh, come against the Lord, which are arguments, opinions, lies, deception, accusations, anything against the wisdom of the Lord. So we use these weapons, these mighty weapons of the Lord, to combat these spiritually, not physically. As Paul is laying it down on Corinth, telling them, look, y'all, this is not how we handle this situation. We, we follow the way of the Lord, right? He reminds us in Romans 12, 17 through 21. 
repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Y'all, we do not seek vengeance, for it is not ours to seek. It's God's. And we are to seek the Lord, the good, to be like him, to mimic him, to be one with him, to be love. That is is what we are called to do amongst ministering the word of God to everyone, right? So what is love? What is it? And what is the benevolent love of God? And how are we supposed to give it to all, even when they're coming against us? How are we supposed to do this? So I began with the word love and I did a study on it and I wanted to know how the word love is used in the Bible. And there's three different ways. Actually, there's two different ways, but the Greeks have three different words for love. Eros, philine, and agape. Eros is the word love used in an erotic sense. It's a sensual word. It's actually used in reference to um, pagan rituals and demonic forces. Okay. It's not in the Bible. I can't find it yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you can find it, please let me know. But I haven't been able to find anything yet in my research. Feline love is a brotherly love. It's the word that uh, Peter uses when Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? Jesus is saying agape while Peter is responding with feline. Feline is a brotherly love. It's a friendship. It's the best friend kind of love or the colleague love that you have. It's just a brotherly, it's like being tight with one another and, and having each other's backs, right? Agape is the capacity to imitate the heart of God. And it's in our hearts when we receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation. It is the only love of God we can have within us when we are reborn. It is pure, it is willful, and it is sacrificial. It is the love of God. Agape appears in the King James Version 117 times. It is used as the word love. It is used as charity. It is used as dear, as in you are dear to me, you are my dear. Um, it is also used for charitably, to act charitably, and to have feasts of charity. So having lots of love for a lot of people. So then I began to ask, well, what is benevolent love? What is that and how should how do I understand? R.C. Sprawl does an amazing job explaining the love of God. He actually has a book that he wrote. Um, and on YouTube, if you look, search up R.C. Sprawl and love, you'll find an amazing lecture on it. And it was very enlightening for me. So please check it out. I always want to make sure I give shout outs to the resources I use because I feel it is super, super important that we all come together with all of these uh, pieces of knowledge that the Lord has bestowed on us to fulfill his will. 
So RC Sproul, uh, love of God. So anyway, God is love. God is benevolent. God is goodwill for all of his creation. He wants goodwill for all of his creation. And I mean all, all of us. Everything he has created, he wants goodwill. He wants good for us, right? His love is hoping that we are saved that and he wants us all to be saved he wants us to be redeemed because he is the only true benevolent ruler he is the supreme benevolent being there are many many people in history that have been very benevolent in their rule whether they were kings emperors presidents etc but there is never a true benevolence with that individual because they are not god meaning there's nothing that they can say is completely altruistic because only God is completely altruistic. He only does it for our, for our goodness. Yes. So with that, we must remember that because God is truly benevolent, that he does not want any of us to fail. He does not want any of us to fall. He does not want any of us to be punished. There are many moments in the Bible where he says, come to me, my children, hear me, repent, repent, repent. He gives us the chance because he wants all of his people, Jew or Gentile, to come to him to repent and to accept him and his sacrifice in our hearts. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, New King James Version says, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? To me, when I read that, it's the Lord definitely wants us to turn, right? Like it's pretty much black and white. It's written there. The word is the truth, right? However, remember that God does not forsake his righteousness. He does not negotiate. He gives us the choice. That's the beauty of what the Lord has done for us is we are given that free will to choose him, to accept his goodwill and to give gratitude, it's when we don't and refuse the giver of all that we have is when we basically get in trouble, right? It's basically when we, re- re- we don't receive the benefits of God. So with God's benevolence, we also have beneficent love. Beneficent love is a love that is good doing towards all his creation, All of us as non-believers, believers, believers, lukewarm believers, full headstrong going believers, we all receive benefits of God's love. This is like air, water, food, shelter, etc. It's a verb. It's not a feeling. It's a verb. It's an action. He is doing. He is giving, right? And so that is for all. But there is also a love for the redeemed, for the believers. And this is called complacent love. And complacent love is relational. It's purely for the relationship we have with the Lord. Those who embrace him receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, this is where the agape love, the complacent, the agape love comes in. Remember, agape love, it is in our hearts and it is the character of God. When we receive this love, 
we are receiving also the attributes we are to bear image to. And when we receive God's complacent love, we receive it through the acceptance and faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It's the atonement. It's when Christ died for our sins and when his resurrection gave us justification. It's the sacrifice that he bestowed upon us to be able to accept the Lord and to give us way to the grace of God. And because of that, we received the Holy Spirit, which gets us to know the Lord through our hearts, through that love, because we realize and see that he is forgiving, that he is patient, he is kind, he is long-suffering. And we see that because he lives within us. And not only does he live within us, but it comes out in our faithful actions. So we are feeling and seeing and it is coming out through our faith. So the next question, of course, is, okay, <laughs> now how do I do this? How do I give love to those around me who are not loving or lovable in, right now in my emotional hotness, right? Like, how do I give this to the enemy? First of all, remember, God gives love to all of us. All of us. Even that person that is doing something really, really, really bad. He is loving them. It is hard for our human brains to understand, but he is loving them. And also, it is really important to always remember that God has an entire world against him. An entire world against him. Even you and I have been against the Lord. Before we were believers and even as believers, there are times where we will argue with him. There are times where we are doubtful in our faith. There are times where we are so weak that we forget to pray, Lord, help me. We come against the Lord. They come. Everybody comes against the Lord. The world comes against the Lord all the time. And you know what he does? He loves us. If I can love you, why can't you love them? He gave his son for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, John says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John is reminding us, as God has an entire world coming against him, he still loved us enough to create and give us a sacrifice for our atonement so that we could be with him. We, too, should believe and know that his sacrifice was enough for us to love one another. We are to keep his commandments. Remember, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-8, through 8, this old commandment, to love one another, is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. We are to keep the Lord's commandments to love one another, and to be firm in our faith that the Lord will bring justice as he sees fit, and we are to be loving and kind 
no matter what, to seek true love within our hearts for others. So let's wrap this up. The answer to being the light in the darkness and to showing others the light in the darkness is unrequited benevolent love. Unrequited benevolent love in our actions, in our prayers, will not only help us to combat spiritual forces of the enemy, but it will also bring us so close to the Father the more we choose Him. The more we choose love, the more we choose God, and the more we defeat the enemy. And isn't that ultimately what we want? To be closer to the Father. He gives us this love, and it is our calling to follow in His footsteps. Remember, God is love, and love bears all things. God bears all things. Love never fails. God never fails. Love makes us grow. Therefore, God makes us grow. And of the greatest of faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest. Thus, God is the greatest, and it is our calling. It is our being, our purpose to follow in his footsteps, to walk the narrow path behind him and follow him in love. I love having an answer. I love having scriptural evidence just pop out at me. I love having a foundation, but I think it is so important to know how to do this, how to apply this, right? It's like being in a classroom and they're like, here's A, B, and C and go, but you don't know how to do it. Well, these are the things that I came up with to help me and maybe they'll help you to be more active in your unrequited benevolent love with others. Ask God to help your own discernment in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to give you some emotional cool down. Ask the Lord to bring you to a level where you can hear him, see him, and know him in all that is happening around you, within you, and for you. Start thinking about your actions and how they're contributing to condemnation or judgment or pride. And really reflect on how that's hurting your heart or affecting your heart and how it's affecting others that you live with or interact with at work, at home, at church, etc. Really be honest with yourself. And this is a hard part. Sometimes we don't want to be honest. Definitely don't want to hear what people have to say sometimes. And we definitely have a hard time of being honest with ourselves. And we'll find that the enemy takes that and manipulates it and turns it around and blames others and points fingers and accuse, you know, like it just turns into this mess. But there's got to be a moment where you really sit down and you say, okay, I'm ready. And you become really honest with yourself. The humility that you will feel will be groundbreaking. Honestly, it will become groundbreaking and it will set you up to accept the foundation Jesus has placed for you already. You just have to step onto it. Do not excuse yourself because when you ultimately start making excuses for yourself, you're making excuses against the Lord. Doesn't sound really good, does it? (laughs) But it's the truth. 
it's the truth and I am I am a big proponent of that. I have done it. I I catch myself doing it all the time and you know, I have to yank myself up and I have to come to my knees and ask for forgiveness a lot for that because as I'm working through, I find that it's easier to blame. It's easier to continue to fall in the pattern and and it's hard and difficult to stand in my own faults and realize the things I had done and have done and am doing and to ask the Lord to help me out because I cannot do any of this. I cannot do anything on my own for God has to be with me and I will accept that humility because the more I accept that humbling uh, presence, the more light I see and feel. I ask that you pray for others to see God to repent. I ask that you answer his mighty call to share love for others when they, in your mind, might not even deserve it. I get it. But they need the love of God. Where they are right now, they need the Lord more than you could ever imagine. They are stuck. They are hurt. They are doing things out of all of that. And the enemy has twisted them up and they are stuck. And it is for us to help them see that light, whether it's through prayer, through our actions, conversations, thoughts, whatever we do, we do with the Lord as the forethought of it, right? So I ask that you pray for them. You pray for these people privately and corporately. I pray that you are not fearful when it's time to speak aloud. When the Holy Spirit says, okay, I need you to pray for this person. And you're like, what? I don't know about that. Why should I do that? Listen, I pray that you will listen because the Holy Spirit is the voice of God. And he is telling you that he, she, her, him, whatever, they need prayer. And just please have no fear in doing it aloud, privately or corporately. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you. Let us pray. O Father, Lord of Lord and King of Kings, thank you. Thank you for the merciful and gracious love you have given us. Thank you, Father, for the benevolent love you share, and thank you for your grace of salvation and complacent love. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness, and thank you for the opportunity of repentance. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, and Jesus for the word and showing us how to combat and break the stronghold of the enemy on our hearts. Lord, we don't agree with how the world is treating the weak and the innocent, and it is causing us to fall into a snare of perpetuating violence in our thoughts, our prayers, our conversations, and we are allowing ourselves to be distracted and overwhelmed by the craziness and the chaos that this world is creating. Help us, Father. Oh, help us, Lord, to seek you and your love within ourselves and within others. Help us, Father, to pray for the binding of the enemy and the release of the sinner and for them to gain a repentant heart. Father, please, Lord, please fill us with unrequited benevolent love for all in this world. We understand that it is not our place to cast condemnation against anyone. We understand that it is not our place to seek vengeance, Lord. So, Father, please 
Please help us to be filled with a merciful love that will allow prayer, thoughts, conversations, that encourage softened hearts, that encourage turnarounds, that encourage repentant actions of faith by those who have come against you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you confront leaders with your holiness and power and bring them to an end of themselves so they will be compelled to lean not on their own understanding but on you. Let them come with repentant hearts, Lord. We pray for our leaders. We pray in hopes that you, Lord, that you will awaken them. And if it is your will that you will rebuke and serve justice accordingly, we pray for your wisdom when we pray for our leaders, Lord. Lord, you know how hard it is for us, so please give us the strength and the courage in our weakness to mirror your sacrificial love. Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your mighty glory, and thank you for your love, your true, benevolent love. Father, we ask humbly in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that if it is your will, it will be so. Glory be to you, Lord. Glory be to God. Amen. To no surprise, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and through many of these episodes, I'm sure you're going to hear me get emotional and tear up and choke up. And I'm just so grateful that I have that opportunity to share this emotion and vulnerability with you. It's not easy for someone like me to sit here and share these things. Actually, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> the Lord has always impressed on me that the things that make me uncomfortable are the things that I should be doing. So here I am. It is for your own discernment to pray or not to pray. Some believe they should. Some believe they don't. Stephen prayed as he was being stoned. And, and Paul was a false teacher. And he was blinded with ignorance and unbelief and pride. And they still became who they became because of love. I really pray for the Holy Spirit to work within you and to guide you in your own actions and to reveal to you what it is that is necessary for you to move forward in your walk with Christ. I absolutely rejoice in the splendor of knowing that the Holy Spirit is working amongst us all. Whether we are believers learning for the first time or we are mature in the Lord needing a new refreshing reminder, the Holy Spirit is stirring and doing something new. And it is truly powerful and truly inspiring. And I am humbled to be a part of it. So I thank you. I thank you for listening to Wildfire Worship and Ecclesia's first episode of The Holy Spark. If this is your first time ever hearing about our Lord and Savior, and you would like to know more, please go to wildfireworship.net and contact me. There is a link in the show notes for you. For a copy of the message and coordinating scriptures, you can also find them on the website. If you'd like to be updated on the next episode, kindly subscribe or favorite us. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. Without your help and support, this would not be possible. If you too are interested in helping our ministry grow, 
You can find a link in our show notes or directly through the Anchor podcast platform. Thus, in the words of Paul, Dear brothers and sisters, be joyful and grow. Encourage one another. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be awesome today. Let God work in you. And remember, God loves you. And I love you whole bunches. Until next time.